We're in the flow. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. We are so excited to come to you with another edition of Wake Up to Life with Lauren and Nate, your favorite pro-life morning show. Once again, I'm Lauren Muzika, President and CEO of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And I'm Nate Robertson, Vice President of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. Again, it is such a great joy for us to be with you today, each and every Friday, as we continue to share what's going on in the pro-life world, how we can continue to change not only the law, but hearts and minds on this preeminent issue of our times, the cause of life. That's right. So prayer, news, story, a special interview, a tip, prayer, devotional. It's all right here, folks. You get everything in that show. That's a pretty good deal for free too. You get it for free. <laughs> okay. Uh, we've been sharing about the weather lately. I live in the great state of Texas, uh, AKA the promised land. And Nate lives in the beautiful swing state of Florida. Um, there's a really funny swing state. Really? Yeah, We're still going to call Florida. A swing oh, maybe state you're not. After, like how many election cycles do we have to vote Republican before we're no longer a swing state? <laughs> That's true. You guys are these days very, uh, well defending life, marriage, religious liberty, and all the things. So I deeply appreciate right. that. We'll go ahead and recognize that. I will stand down on that thought. So <laughs> Anyways, we have been flipping hot here for the longest time. I mean, oh. one day we were up at 108, and that's weird at this time of year. Yes, we are hot and steamy normally at this time, but it's more like 98, 100, 93, you know. So anyways, uh, one of our local weathermen did a weather report on North Dallas the other day, and we want to play that clip for you because it's pretty funny. 100 in Terrell. Right now in Terrell and in Dallas, your, your heat index is 107. Everyone in McKinney is dead. The temperature, the, the heat index right now in McKinney is 10,000. What is that? 101,105. It's hot in McKinney. So... It obviously those of you in podcasting so could not see this, but when when the uh, the board of of Texas came up, right, and you looked at they they put all the heat indexes all over the state. Uh, the area that I live in, they accidentally added like three more digits, so the heat index was like a hundred and one thousand one hundred and five. And the weatherman, as he's going through and pointing out what the heat index is all over the Dallas Fort Worth area, he points out the North Dallas area. And he goes, uh, everyone in McKinney is dead. <laughs> like, How do you, I mean, that it was so st sticking out like a sore thumb that that one had six digits for its heat index. Anyways, uh, we're, we're obviously hot here in North Texas. <laughs> I'm still alive, thankfully. Uh, and that was just a typo, but anyways. Uh, are it's you like, guys I almost wondered if they combined two areas and it was supposed to be separated a little bit, but sure. they just like, Pushed it together too. Just shoved it, it was all together. Really, really funny. Yeah. But yeah. we're we're doing great here in Florida. We've got a little bit of a, a reprieve here in the Orlando area. Um, when I was walking the dog late last night, um, probably around 10 p.m., it was only 86. So I mean, That's it definitely cool. had dropped. Yeah. Some. So. Yeah. Speaking of reprieve, I'm kind of excited about what's coming down the pike. I thought I would share with all of our watchers and listeners. Uh, that I put this in my coffee this morning. This is Pumpkin Pie Spice International Delight. So I am drinking my coffee with a little bit of pumpkin spice. Are you a pumpkin spice guy, Nate? I feel like we had this discussion last year, and I can't remember where you landed on this. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe okay. just a little bit. Not, okay. I mean, I, I don't mind it, but it's not like, I'm not obsessive about it as many yeah. people I know are. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, it, it, it's a nice change, right? I think I tend to be in the obsessive category when it comes to, maybe not. Maybe I'm just kind of. I, I wasn't, I wasn't directly calling you out. I wasn't even thinking about you when I said some people are obsessive, but if you're going to take it, maybe we should just roll with we'll it. We'll just label you that. There you go. Oh man. No, I'm looking forward to all the things fall, cozy blankets, hot chocolate, fire, pumpkin spice, this or that, right? Pumpkin, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Fall is my favorite season. So. I love Christmas too. Can't wait for Christmas. So I'm That's like right. a little kid at Christmas. All right. Well, I guess we should get rolling with the show, <laughs> right? Uh, before we go any further, let me just say our special interview today is with Kate Maloney of Students for Life of America, who's also the manager for the campaign for abortion-free cities. So excited to talk about what they're doing. They have such an incredibly coordinated outreach to target cities all over the United States. They've already seen lives saved. They've seen minds changed on the abortion issue. So I can't wait to unpack that a little bit further. Like, what is their secret sauce? What is it that they're doing that is really moving the needle? So that's going to be exciting to talk about. Uh, all right. Before we go any further, again, let's start off the right way. And that is with a word of prayer. So Nate, you want to pray? Sounds great. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to be together this morning. We pray that you would just continue to guide us and direct us as we continue to do what you've called us to throughout the pro-life, pro-love movement. God, we pray for advocates who are on the sidewalk of abortion facilities this morning. We pray for those who are ready to receive women at pregnancy help organizations today. We pray for moms all across the country who are contemplating an abortion decision today that you would give them a sign and that you would help them to be softened to the message of life. God, we thank you for all that you're doing throughout Sidewalk Advocates for Life. God, we thank you for having our special interview guest today from Students for Life of America. And we pray you continue to bless them as well. Bless us today. We'll get, we'll, we will continue to give you all the glory, the honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Here's our first headline of the week, because as you know, we start out with headlines, then we're going to go into a victory story, a tip, and then our special interview. So, so here's our first headline. GOP presidential hopefuls discuss abortion at first debate on Wednesday night. This was hosted by Fox News. During Wednesday night's Republican presidential debate, the GOP presidential hopefuls addressed the issue of abortion for about 10 minutes. I was really pleased to see that, to hear that. Here's a summary of what each candidate who spoke about the issue said. So it started out more so with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who said he was proudly pro-life. He said, I believe in a culture of life. One of the most impactful moments of my life is when I heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter and saw the sonograms of all three of my kids. As president, I will always support life. The governor said he was proud to sign the heartbeat law in the state of Florida, protecting babies with detectable heartbeats from abortions. Then former Vice President Mike Pence went after former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley. Although the two are pro-life on abortion, Haley said there wasn't enough votes to pass a bill protecting babies from abortions after 15 weeks, which is kind of what Pence put on the table. Hey, can we at least have a 15 week ceiling so we can bring some of these states that are, you know, at the advocating or, or really the law in the books, right, is that abortion until the point of delivery is fine. <laughs> Unbelievable. So she was saying, hey, look, it doesn't matter. It's a moot point, right? 
Pence argues a president is supposed to fight for things like this. Haley said uh, politicians need to be honest with the American people and say it will take 60 Senate votes. It will take a majority of the House. So in order to do that, let's find consensus. Can't we all agree that we should ban late term abortions? Can't we all agree that we should encourage adoption? Can't we all agree that doctors and nurses who don't believe in abortion shouldn't have to perform them? She said, can't we all agree that contraception should be available? Can't we all agree that we're not going to put a woman in jail or give her the death penalty if she gets an abortion? She added, let's treat this like the respectful issue that it is and humanize the situation and stop demonizing the situation. Meanwhile, Senator Tim Scott went after the weaponization of the DOJ in regards to pro-lifers. Again, many of you know the story of Mark Houck, who had 25 plus federal agents show up at his house well over a year, guns drawn, dragging him out in front of his wife and his kids, right? Because uh, he had shoved an abortion center escort the year before uh, many feet down the sidewalk who was verbally accosting his um, young son, right? And of course, Mark Houck uh, was uh, not ultimately um, charged with a federal crime under face, thankfully. But so Senator Tim Scott was referencing situations like that. And then Governor Burgum of North Dakota said there should be no federal ban as this is a state's issue due to the, due to the 10th Amendment, while Governor Hutchison, the former governor of Arkansas, argued that he was the most pro-life, that Arkansas had passed the most uh, pro-life laws. So all in all, I, I, I kind of loved listening to people duke it out about who was more pro-life. Uh, that was nice. I do think a couple of the candidates generally could have come out a lot stronger. Um, I don't know that my gut check when I hear of things like, well, can't we all just agree on this? It's like, no, abortion is an egregious taking of innocent human life. Can't we all agree <laughs> that life begins at conception, right? And that the unborn are deserving of human rights protection. So I would have loved to hear something a little bit more like that, even something akin to personhood and recognizing the humanity of the unborn, not just, hey, where can we find consensus? Um, you know, I love that a couple of the candidates flat out said that they are pro-life, that they're proud to be pro-life and that they would sign any pro-life provision and that they would be prepared to do so as president. Because, you know, either way, at some point, the president is going to have to weigh in on this, even if some might argue that the state by state battle uh, is one of the best ways to go here. So uh, anyways, Nate, it was a very interesting evening. I don't know if you were like yeah. me sitting on the couch, tweeting relentlessly as this this whole debate was going on. Uh, but we got our first view of the GOP field that's going to challenge President Biden. So, Yeah, well, some of the GOP field. Um, President Trump was not at the debate due to Good some point. reasons that he, he doesn't want to subscribe to some of their requests for the debate um, format. But, you know, I think that one thing we do have to acknowledge is that, yes, we want there to be protection for the unborn from the moment of conception. But I think we do have to keep asking the question, is America as a country ready to elect a president who is going to be that staunch on abortion? It's just a question we're going to have to continue to jockey with and make sure that we can win elections as we continue to work on the issue of life. Yeah. And my quick answer to that is I hope so. I hope with what's at stake, I, you know, but it, we sometimes have um, been resigned to the incremental battle because states just aren't there. And, you know, I look at even some of these states, you've got a headline that you're getting ready to rattle off. And it's like such an incredible step in the right direction for a state. Um, but, you know, especially with a couple of these candidates who really believe in and know 
I mean, this is not just a Lauren thinks this, right? This is truth with a capital T. Um, where can we do the most good? I think is the question giving the cultural landscape. And I think that that's what you're saying, Nate, is that, you know, mm -hmm. given the condition of America, given where we sit in the culture battle, given the upheaval post Dobbs, even though Dobbs was a uh, hundred million percent the right direction, uh, where can we do the most good for innocent human life? Right. That's right. Absolutely. So, mm. Yep. Great headline. Right. So our, our second headline is an amazing headline out of the state of South Carolina. South Carolina State Supreme Court upholds the heartbeat law saving babies from abortion. Not only was Indiana's pro-life law allowed to go into effect banning most abortions, but South Carolina was finally given the green light as well. The highest court in South Carolina has upheld the new law protecting babies from abortion. The South Carolina Supreme Court issued a ruling earlier this week upholding the state's heartbeat law that protects babies from abortion who have a detectable heartbeat. South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster signed the heartbeat law earlier this year, but abortion activists quickly took the pro-life measure to court. The majority of the Supreme Court ruled that women do have a right to bodily autonomy and privacy, but that those rights do not outweigh, quote, the interest of the unborn child to live, unquote. The majority opinion clearly states, again, quoting the opinion, that the 2023 Act generally prohibits an abortion after the detection of a fetal heartbeat, not at a specific period of weeks into the pregnancy. This is huge news. This is really great news out of the state of South Carolina. This had been a question as to whether the state Supreme Court would uphold this new law, which again had been um, you know, passed throughout their legislature and signed by their governor. So it was a, a law that had gone through all of the you know, appropriate steps to get to this point. And then there was still questions on whether the state Supreme Court would allow it to go into effect. So this is great news out of the state of South Carolina. You can go to um, sidewalkadvocates.org slash post-roamerica, and you can see the updated map there that indicates the change there for South Carolina. And what you can see on that map, and just as you rattle through the states in the Southeast, is see that there is strong pro-life legislation in effect for the Southeast minus Florida. And so Florida is in kind of a, a middle area where we have a 15-week law now with a six-week ban that is going before our state Supreme Court in just a few weeks. So really great news out of the state of South Carolina. But, you know, one thing we talk about a lot is that laws going into effect in these states that are protecting life doesn't mean that unexpected, unplanned pregnancies aren't still happening in those states. And so we need to be more vigilant and more aware and working harder in states with strong pro-life legislation to make sure that women have all of the information they need, all of their options and all of the support to continue their pregnancies instead of going outside of state of their home state to seek abortion elsewhere. So Lauren, great news from South Carolina. Yeah, we got really good news from both Indiana and South Carolina this week. You know, it's really good to take a step back at this point in history and recognize that half the states now have passed some sort of restriction on abortion. So we are making progress and it can feel like in post-war America that we are constantly in this game of whiplash. Like, you know, we pass a law, we think it's going to go into effect. Oh, it's getting held up in the courts. You know, oh, it's allowed to go into effect. Wait, hold on a second. There's a temporary injunction, like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And, and South Carolina went through a lot to be able to see That's this right. victory. And so thanks be to God that 
South Carolina, who is pro-life, they are, they are a pro-life state, has now been permitted to save most babies from abortion. And then Indiana's law went into effect this week, finally. Oh, my goodness. So it's just really such great news. We just got to hang in there and look for that net gain. Keep pushing. Keep reaching hearts and minds. Keep praying. Right? It's all making a difference. Absolutely. That's right. All right. Well, speaking of Indiana, I happen to have the victory story this week. So I wanted to share this really exciting news out of Indiana. And this directly affects our sidewalk advocates. So this uh, information, as it's written, comes from Voices for Life, which is a peaceful activist group on the ground that also happens to sponsor our program uh, in different parts of Indiana. But they two days ago, posted something on social media, and it says, breaking news, Indianapolis abortion facility, uh, Clinic for Women, that's the name of it, Clinic for Women, is closing its doors for good. They will not remain open to refer women out of state for abortions or provide other services, which again is a concern in post-Roe America, that some of these abortion facilities decline to close and they instead become abortion referral facilities so that they can keep feeding their own bottom line across state lines and beyond, right? Sidewalk advocates on the ground report staff is cleaning out the facility one final time Wednesday afternoon. The owner of the facility, Donna Prince, has her eyes on a possible new abortion facility in Danville, Illinois. In an article in The Cut, Prince cited financial barriers stopping this facility from opening. So we are so grateful to the sidewalk advocates and prayer warriors who ministered at this facility for years because of their courage and sacrifice. Many babies are alive today. So thanks be to God. This is a huge victory. And we count this victory here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life, even though the state law had something to say about it, because this facility specifically declined to become an abortion referral facility. That's part of our criteria here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life in post-Roe America. We, when we have abortion facilities that close in abortion-restricted states, we specifically look at whether or not they're declining to become abortion referral facilities because a lot of folks don't realize, again, a lot of these facilities stay open. This uh, industry is still on the ground in the abortion-restricted states, and we uh, are keeping vigil for those closures as well because they're heads of the dragon that are feeding the bottom line, right? The other thing that I'll mention, which is so exciting— uh, we get some of our locations that report in batches. Um, so they won't report for a good while. And then they suddenly report like 300 babies saved. <laughs> we had a location in the Southeast that just reported for the entire last year. Get this, not even kidding. Uh, they're at a few different facilities, 504 babies saved. They have a mobile unit. They have a pregnancy resource center backing them up, and they do sidewalk advocates for life. And they say that their outreach presence is key with getting women to these life-saving services, right? So there's just so many victories that we could talk about over here, but I had to highlight just one of those locations and another facility that has closed its doors. So to God be the glory, great things he's doing. Such good news, right, Nate? Absolutely. Just incredible, incredible um, things that are happening. And that, you know, with these most recent abortion facility and referral facility closures, that brings us to a total of 50 facilities that we have had a presence outside of leading to their closure. So incredible, incredible mm -hmm. things that are happening. So thanks, yeah. Lauren, for that amazing story today. For our tip, before we um, go to our interview, I wanted to remind you guys that we must keep advocating for life in abortion-restricted states. You know, as we continue to see the landscape change and as we're celebrating for South Carolina and Indiana, I think that it's just so important to 
just lean in a little bit more to remind you guys that we must keep advocating for life in abortion-restricted states. We must be finding those ways to interact with women who may be seeking pregnancy options. We must continue to be outside of abortion referral facilities throughout states that are abortion-restricted. And that may even look a little differently than we might otherwise think. We have recently been hearing a little bit of some thoughts in some states that some of the OBGYNs may now also be referring out of state for abortion. We know that those facilities that are receiving federal funding, a lot of them are also referring out of state for abortion. So we need to remember that the, just because some of our states, you know, so many of them now, are becoming more abortion restricted, that doesn't mean that our work is done in those states. You know, we talk about the great state of Texas. We talk about the great states throughout the Southeast who have restricted abortion in, in such a great way. But there are still women in those states that are finding themselves unexpectedly pregnant in, a, in an unplanned situation and looking for their options. So we must continue to have well-trained folks in those abortion-restricted states making sure that women have correct information, medically accurate information, that they have access to our pregnancy help networks, to our mobile clinics, and that they are getting the help that they need before they consider going out of state or even after maybe they've thought about going out of state in an opportunity to re remind them that there is so much help available to them at home. I know it's a story we've shared before, but not long after the Dobbs decision, one of our teams in the Houston area was able to partner with a mobile clinic. And in one five and a half hour shift, they saw over 10 women who were able to board that mobile clinic, get information there at home in the Houston, Texas area and choose life for their children to not go outside of the state of Texas seeking abortion. So reminder, reminder, reminder today that we must continue to be advocating for life in abortion restricted states. So there's my tip for today. Yeah, I mean, think about that. That um, So it was that 14 women at that abortion referral facility in Houston on that particular day that you're referencing, Nate, had gotten referred to the mobile ultrasound unit and they know that at least 10 of them walked off the bus with a baby blanket. And, and that was in a five and a half hour shift. Like just get your mind around that. That, that is a record in sidewalk counseling history. I've never heard of anything like that before. That's absolutely amazing. So again, so timely, so important that we just keep, you know, bringing that message to everyone that it does not matter where you live. Women still need our help, right? That's Bottom right. line, women still need our help. All right. It is time for our interview. I am so excited to have with us Kate Maloney, the manager of the Campaign for Abortion-Free Cities with Students for Life of America. Good morning, Kate. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? <laughs> good. It's so good to have you. Welcome to our crazy morning show. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you're well caffeinated. And, you oh, know. yes. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> good. All right. Well, we would love for you to take a moment to share a little bit about yourself, Students for Life, and then what is this campaign to see abortion-free cities? People may be yes. listening to this and going, this sounds interesting. So <laughs> unpack it for us. What is this all about? Yeah, of course. Well, um, so I've been working with Students for Life of America for five years. I started out as the Northeast Regional Coordinator, and I was so I was in New York and New Jersey helping equip and empower our student groups around um, New York and New Jersey on college and high school campuses to 
advocate for a culture of life and, a, and abolish abortion. Um, and I did that for about three and a half years. And then I moved over to our strategic initiative team. Um, and now I'm the manager for the campaign for abortion free cities. And I get to tell you all about it because it's really exciting. <laughs> Yay. Oh, I love awesome. that. So good. So good. Yeah, yeah that's great. So, you know, you guys have, have been seeing this uh, campaign for abortion-free cities literally save lives. So can you tell us a little bit more about the campaign and maybe share a story or two of the life-saving fruit? Of course, of course. We've been around for almost three years, so we're still like toddlers in our in our plans and, in, and, and what we're doing. So the campaign, the vision behind the campaign for the abortion-free cities is that we work strategically in our cities to make abortion unavailable and unthinkable. And I'm sure everyone's like, oh, Great. <laughs> How are you going to do that? And yeah. so what we do is we work with leaders on the ground. We create a strategic blueprint to eradicate abortion by cultivating awareness of the local pregnancy help center, breaking community trust with the abortion industry, effectively changing hearts and minds around the issue, and then supporting pro-life legislation to enshrine life and law. And so our vision is that no woman stands alone and that all children are protected. And so kind of how we've implemented this, the first year that we launched the campaign, we were like, let's focus on cultivating awareness of the local pregnancy help center. Let's just, let's just try that. Let's go door to door. Let's see what people know. Let's see what people don't know. And through our market saturation tactics and our data, we discovered that 73% of our neighbors had no idea where the pregnancy help center was or where it was or what it did. And so we discovered this huge disparity and we were like, okay, we know that the abortion industry is going to try to fill that disparity. And so we need to stand in the gap louder and better than they do. And so we were like, is there a way where we can see if we can actually cultivate 10% more awareness of the local pregnancy help center? Can we do that? Mm. The following year we we did that, we did a pre and a post survey and we found in some of our cities that we actually cultivated awareness by 25%, you know, so we're saving lives because we're making sure that people know where they can go for free, confidential, life-affirming care, where they can be served with opportunity and not violence. So we're really about empowering our communities and knowing who our neighbors are. I think that we're in this day and age where we have so such a means to communicate, such a means to have community, but we're also very isolated and we're kind of sometimes even mm-hmm. stuck in our little echo chamber. So really, we want to get out in the community. We want to see our neighbors. We want to know who they are uh, and we want to serve them. And so we've seen lives saved in the fact that we're drawing business away um, from the abortion industry. And the latest thing I can tell you that we're doing right now, it's called a summer of service. And so we created a summer of service. It it was a response to the summer of rage, which was (laughs) (laughs) dumb, hell flat. Yep. Yep. And um, so what we did is we partnered with local pregnancy help centers on the ground. And, you know, we asked, hey, do you have any like overflow of items, baby wipes, diapers, you know, just Mm. items that you're like, I don't know what to do with this. We've got too much of it. And um, we went literally around underserved communities with wagons and we just knocked on people's doors and we're like, hey, like, do you need anything? Do you need wipes, diapers? Like, do you need like, uh, we had like pediatures or the little like applesauce packets that you can give out blankets. You know, I, I did this campaign. So we have a campaign in Rochester, New York, and I recently went there to do a summer of service. And I actually gave away like little baby bouncers and like like, items that people needed. We actually gave like the raw number of diapers that we gave away that day over the course of maybe like three hours was 678 diapers. And we served at least families or more we just kept like running into people going up to people's doors and then just like being so 
overwhelmed and like, just like, wow, thank you. Like I, I, I needed these items. Like we met new moms, a lot of our campaigns, people are just having a baby or they found out that they're pregnant and they're like, I don't have anything. Like I need something. And in the Mm -hmm. same way, so we really like, you know, love our door to door ministry. That's how we, that's how we meet neighbors at the door. And so we have these beautiful door hangers that we use and, um, they're QR coded and they, they, um, go to our standing with you website, which is our, our resource guide that has about 4,000, over 4,000 resources on it for women and families who are in need of, of life affirming confidential care. And, um, so it was great because we could plug, we could be like, we'll just scan the QR code here and you can go to the pregnancy help center. It's five minutes mm-hmm. down the road. So we're going to serve you now, but we're going to connect you to organizations and people who will serve you forever, you know, who will yeah. walk with you, who will pour into you. And that's what I really think makes all the difference. That's what gives us these incredible results is because we want people to be poured into, right? Like the pro-life movement isn't just about surviving. It's yeah. about, and so that's really what we're after with our campaign. If we want to have, we want to have that future where no woman stands alone and all children are protected. And so we're just doing our best to get there and to make sure that the community is empowered against abortion violence. We also um, educate about, you know, what is going on, like what happens at the abortion facility. A lot of these facilities have, you know, failed health inspections, have maimed women, have, have almost have, have left women um, infertile, you know, they've not served women well. And so we make sure our community is also aware of that. Like, Hey, did you know that, this facility was cited as doing X, Y thing. And we want you to be safe. And knowing this, you know, would you prefer to go to the pregnancy help center as opposed to the local abortion facility? So we've also, you know, changed hearts and minds around this issue because we're breaking up the narrative of what is it, what does a pro-lifer look like? Right. Cause there's so much misinformation going on around the pro-life movement about what, what happens when abortion is gone. And so we're really standing in that gap to say, we're here to serve you. We're here to yeah. love on you. And we're here to empower you against, you know, against abortion violence, something that you don't need. And also what is abortion and yeah. um, the reality behind that. So it seems, it seems like a lot, but it's, it's just so fruitful because yeah. people don't know what they don't know. And people don't know that you care until they know that you care. So it's so beautiful. Oh, so beautiful. Uh, what I love about this, Kate, is I feel like you're going on, on the offensive rather than the defensive, right? Like I, I yeah. think sometimes in the pro-life movement, we've had a tendency to react to what's happened or to back clean up. And what right. I mean by that is, you know, even sidewalk advocacy, if we're just being honest in and of itself, mm-hmm. is like the last line of defense, Right. Because we we would love it if nobody showed up at the abortion facility. And again, we're proud to partner with you guys on this initiative and and we help out with the sidewalk outreach part of it. But and we need to be there. And there are a lot of people that go into inquire. But case in point, in the over 20 years that I've been on the sidewalk, I think I can count maybe on two hands the number of people who said that they either knew about the pregnancy center or they had been there. Right. So many people arrive at these facilities having no idea that the pregnancy help movement is in their community and ready to go to bat for them. Right. And so that's what's so powerful about this is that you will never know this side of heaven, even how many lives have been saved because you proactively went to this community and you said, did you know that there's something so much better for you than Planned Parenthood? Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's so, so, so powerful. So anyways, we could talk all day, but I'm just so excited about this. Um, 
And even more so, you're going to be a speaker and sponsor at the National Sidewalk Advocacy Conference just about Yay. six weeks away. You're joining a panel to discuss community outreach or fruitful door knocking activity, uh, especially when there isn't an abortion or abortion referral facility right. around that, you know, we... I know at the conference, among other things, we specifically positioned you to talk to our communities where they are, they would be tempted to be like, well, I don't have one of exactly. these facilities anymore. So I'm done. Right. I'm, exactly. I'm done. Yeah. But, right. So why are you excited to talk to this population, especially, and also just to let people know about the opportunities that they have still to serve people in post-Roe America, even if one of these facilities isn't down the road from them? No, exactly. That's such a great question. I love that you asked that um, because it's exactly it. It's this it's this almost um, attitude of like, well, there's nothing more to do. Like it's no. gone. Abortion's over. Like my state did this thing. So I don't need to work anymore. And it's like, no, there's such a culture. There is a culture surrounding abortion and abortion yeah, violence. Good point. That has worked hard to brainwash um women and families into thinking that, oh, abortion's healthcare. Oh, abortion's morally good. Look at the law. The law says abortion's okay. So abortion's okay. Abortion, it's just a clump of cells. Like, look at that guardian galaxy. Galaxy. Look at the guardian galaxy. Look at the guardian, <laughs> <laughs> look at the guardian article that yeah. um, was like, oh, this is what, you know, abortion at 10 weeks looks like. It's like, it's total. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Oh, Why, yeah. right. So like, yeah. we have so much work to do to break, again, breaking that trust, breaking these narratives that this industry has worked really hard at, um, you know, fostering in people's hearts and minds. And so our work is necessary because even if you are in a pro-life state, that doesn't mean that abortion's over. It doesn't mean that people won't go out of state. That doesn't mean that people still will go to bat for abortion. That doesn't mean that the support for abortion suddenly disappears. And you mm. like 73% statistic, that means people are at home being like, well, what am I going to do if I'm pregnant That's and fine. need help? And I, and I don't know where to turn. And now, now, well, now this option has been taken away from me. You know, what am I supposed to do? And, and so we are countering fear with truth and opportunity. Yeah. And that's why it's so important. Your advocacy doesn't end. And a big part of my, of what I want to talk about at the panel is to really express this, to be like, we're at, at a crucial point in our movement where things are changing. There's a lot of like, there's yeah. certainty and then there's uncertainty. Like we do know what to do. We have to keep talking. We have to keep advocating. And sometimes yeah. people are looking around for others to do it. And I want to say, no, the leader is you. You heard that mm. call. Yeah. You understand the truth. You understand the reality behind what abortion is and where women and families can go to actually be served and taken care of. It's up to you to now do this. We need all pro-lifers need to be activated and 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 imparting their wisdom and their goodness into their community, which is a big part of why the campaign for abortion-free cities exists. Because it, it, it's for the everyman. It's not for mm -hmm. the the person. It can it can be for the person who's been in the movement for twenty years. It can be for the person who abortion just broke their heart and they need to do something. It's it's for our alumni. Like we we pour into our student leaders and then they graduate and now it's like you can still have a realm of influence. You can still do the work and we'll provide you the structure to do that work. And, and so I really just want to call on people to say, yes, say yes. Yeah. Your yes is necessary. I mean, look at my right. advocates, look at your yeses have an impact. Our yeses have an impact. And so I just want to encourage those like, our realm of influence is not over yet. It, 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 we, yeah. it, even more now, like we need to get out there more uh, to support our communities yeah. and fighting the narratives and the culture and, and the, and the, you know, the, just the blatant yeah. of the abortion industry. 
Absolutely. I think what you said, like, I really hear people, I really hope people hear that. It's you. Yeah, like, it's, it's you. You. <laughs> like, you. You have a such an important role to play in the greatest human rights movement on earth at this point in history. You were yeah. made for such a time as this. Don't look around and, and don't even feel like, well, why me? You know, why would right. I speak up? Why would I do this? Well, why not? You're a child of God and you have yeah. seen the crisis for what it is. If not yeah. you, then who? And we've exactly. all got a role to play in this. So can we give that yes as best we can? I think that's something that I've been meditating on a lot lately. Um, Kate, this has been so wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us yeah. and, and your great work. Um, where can people find you? Where can people find the campaign for abortion-free cities? Yeah, so people can find us. We are everywhere. We're on, we're on Instagram. We have a website. If you just go to um, abortionfreecities.org, um, you can either join a campaign that already exists or you can start your own campaign and be that leader mm. and say that yes and get involved. You can get involved today. Um, so people can find us at abortionfreecities.org. We have our Instagram handle, abortionfreecities. And then I also wanted to plug, um, we're doing this incredible event called Standing With Her Sunday. Um, this Sunday mm -hmm. through uh, through Standing With You Ministry. And so basically it's just calling on the church to um, stand with women and families in a post-row America and how we can serve women and families in a post-row America. It's a national telecast um, that people can stream free at home or at their church. So yeah, that's, that's going to awesome. be great. And so our good. very own Su Susan O'Neill will be a part yes. of that uh, yes. live from Fred Fredericksburg, Virginia on Sunday night. So that's great. Also, shout out to Elizabeth Harris. <laughs> she's <laughs> great. I know she's <laughs> meeting with you guys regularly. She loves it. It's so yeah. good. All right. Well, uh, you can't hear it, but everybody's giving you a round of applause, oh, Kate. Thank you, so, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you guys. We love you. We're huge fans. So keep up the great work and we'll look forward to seeing you at the National Sidewalk Advocacy Conference in less than six weeks. And shameless plug, if you want to meet Kate in person and learn more about this incredible campaign, prolifeconference.com. Do not know how right. we got the URL. I say that every time. Prolifeconference.com. Check it out. Early bird tickets expire soon. August 30th first at 11 59 p.m central and we may or may not put a discount code out there before the end of the show so Ooh. stay tuned yep. yeah get awesome. your tickets today that's, that's right. right thanks so much good. kate all this right. has been thanks. great thank you guys bye all right bye-bye so good yeah I, I think it's so powerful to think about what it means to go on the offense right what does it mean for these communities that no longer have an abortion or abortion referral facility to go out into their community and catch women before they decide to make the investment of time energy and money to take the life of their child right can we meet them in that crisis before they feed the bottom line of the abortion industry that really is something to think about and i just love uh, this, how this campaign is disposed to do that on every front. And I think all of us can learn something from that in one way or another, no matter if we're called to, to that work or not. Right. Absolutely. So important. So, all right. So good. Devotional time, right, Nate? That's right. Yeah, it is. It's time for our scripture reflection and then some prayer time. And today I wanted to bring back up, um, Proverbs three, five, and six, such a great scripture. And I think it fits so well with our show and what we're talking about, about, you know, breaking trust with the abortion industry. Well, one way that we can break trust with the abortion industry and help people to do that is make sure that we are trusting in the Lord. So Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him 
and he will make your paths straight. You know, I just want to encourage you this morning that we can really find that strength, that trust, that peace, that direction, that guidance in the Lord. And when we put our trust, our full trust in him, we have the ability to know that we can find, uh, you know, truth and understanding from, from God, not leaning on our own truth and understanding, but finding that in him. And, you know, it's just so important that we be reminded of that again today and each and every day as we are journeying wherever we are in this, you know, great mission to bring life saving information to, to men and women everywhere is that we're trusting in the Lord with all of our, our heart with our, and we're not leaning on our understanding, but we're leaning, you know, on the understanding that God gives us. And that when we acknowledge him in all our ways, he will make sure to make our path straight. So I encourage you today to take some time, read Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, meditate on it, read all of Proverbs 3, and you know, really take some time to meditate on scripture and spend some time in prayer today as we continue to be those that are vessels of hope and vessels of truth, vessels of life to all of those around us. And with that this morning, if you would pray with me, and then we'll get ready to close out our show. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be together again today um, to have another incredible show this morning. Now, I pray that you would continue to bless all of those who are you know, listening and watching and those who are involved in the Pregnancy Help Movement. God, we thank you for Students for Life of America and for Kate Maloney being with us today. And God, for the Abortion Free Cities campaign, that you continue to bless what they are doing through that. God, we're just so grateful to be called by you, to be used by you. We just ask that this morning that you would fill our lives with peace, that you would help us to trust in you. So much of the time, it's easy to be fearful of the things that are going on around us. It, it's easy to be apprehensive or anxious, but we have the opportunity to trust in you, to find our peace in you, to believe that you are able to do all of the things that we need, the seen things and the unseen. And God, we're just so grateful that you are with us, that we can trust in you, that we can take you everywhere that we go, and that you can help to guide, lead, and direct us into everything that we do. We'll continue to give you the glory, the honor, and praise for all that you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Nate, you got anything exciting going on this weekend? Um, I don't think so. Preparing for the CareNet conference, right? That's next week. So we'll be there next week. Oh, yeah. CareNet is next week. Yeah. If any of you are going to the CareNet conference, come up and say hi to those of us at Sidewalk Advocates for Life. We'll have a table. I'm speaking at a breakout session. So again, CareNet right. Pregnancy Resource Center's huge conference in Mobile, Alabama next week. Really exciting. So that'll be fun. Right. So we might as well have a quiet weekend and then look forward to that huge event, right? I mean, we always have tons of stuff going on with our family, but you know, right. I, I don't know what's planned yet. Yeah, we'll see. That's right. All right, guys. Well, we look forward to coming to you next week with another edition of Wake Up to Life with Lauren and Nate. Until then, have a great week, everyone. Talk to you soon. Have a great week. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.